are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. Welcome once again. I'm so excited to have all of you here. Put your hands together. Appreciate yourselves. Awesome. 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 Tonight, we're going to have the time of our lives. And um, in this edition, God will visit your ministry with drama. There will be dramatic experiences by reason of this month's edition. I encourage you tonight to receive. You will determine what the Spirit of God will do by how hungry you are to receive tonight. Most of the time, when we gather like this, there are some specific things that I look forward to. I look forward to the fact that people are able to translate what they received when they go back to their stations. Amen. And I believe that's be the experience again in Jesus' name. We're going higher. We're getting better. We're getting bigger. We are now the people that matter. It is our voices that are hearing. <laughs> when I come for meetings, the first question always on my mind is how ready the people are. A few weeks ago, we were in America for our faith-to-faith seminar in the city of Norfolk. Amen. You could clap. That's a good place to clap. And um, it was just a brief visit. We had a meeting three days for sessions. The question on my mind at that moment is the same question on my mind tonight. When I arrived, now we've been there every other year. We had our first, we planted the church two years ago, 2014. And um, we've had a meeting after that in 2015. And then this year, 2016. When I came for the meeting, the question on my mind was, how ready are these people? Because I know what I came with. Amen. And then, 
the difference between ministry abroad and here is that sometimes their culture gets in the way. The culture of they work a lot, so they try to spend little time even in church. But when I came, they were ready. They were ready. I thought I was going to come in earlier. I was supposed to come in on the Thursday afternoon. And then we started the meetings on Friday. But I arrived early hours of Friday morning. My hotel. So, but I was concerned. Are you ready? Say, yeah, we're ready. It's okay. How do you know whether they are ready? When you come for the meeting, you will know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. When you come for the meeting, you will know. So I came in the first night. When I stood there, I knew they were ready. But I still decided to underestimate how ready they were. On purpose. So the first night, I just began to share a few things. Prayed for the sick folks. We had miracles. So in my heart, I said, how we know how ready they are is the morning meeting. Because all the times we have meetings abroad, um, the morning meetings are not as we come for morning meetings here. Because many people are working. So, maybe a few people will come. Early times in the UK, we were not even having morning meetings. We just have evening meetings. After I started attempting to do morning meetings. We had a meeting also in 2014 in Florida. That's another state. And I wanted to do a morning meeting, but we couldn't do a morning meeting. So it's just the leaders I spent some time with pray together. So this 2016, the pastor now said to me, our pastor there, he said, Pastor, we want to have two sessions in the morning. I said, we have not even talked about one session. He said, we want to have two sessions. He said, yeah, two sessions. He said, can we have it in such a way that there are other pastors and ministers that would like to be in the meeting. So let's have a special time for them from 9 to 11. And then we'll have a general session for the morning from 11 to 1. I said, you're sure about this? He said, yes. I said, okay. My hotel is just across the, the street from where the venue of the meeting is. So I said, if everybody is there by 9.15, call me. Amen. 9.15, they were already at my door to pick me. And I came in there and I saw the people were there. And I was amazed. <laughs> Man, glory to God. We started teaching God's word. And it was a meeting. It was a morning meeting, but it looked like an evening meeting. Amen. And we had time to teach and demonstrate the spirit and power. I believe we'll have that time in these sessions in the name of Jesus. So we taught God's word and um, we had all manner of miracles, all manner of healings, all kinds of testimonies you can think of. And um, we had the first session by 11. The others, other people came in. Uh, that was general open session for everybody. And then uh, others came in. By 1, when we were supposed to close, I keep to time. So, 1 o'clock, I said, okay, you, we agreed for 9 to 1. So, it's 1 o'clock. I want to. This elevator said, no, no, continue. And we had the meeting up to a few minutes to 2. Amen. 
and nobody they didn't go. That's the first time that has ever happened. And I want to announce to you, after this experience, you will have things that are happening for the first time in your ministry. That was the first time that was happening. That was the first time. Just to mention a few of the testimonies. In that morning meeting, we had time to pray. And to pray together. You know, and so we spent some time praying. And people that were not filled with the Holy Spirit just walked into the meeting and got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's something that we didn't lay hands on them. Amen. So, but I needed to teach them because there was a, mini, a fellow that, if you have been following our meetings last year, um, there's this tall white guy that got filled with the Holy Ghost. He was one of, he was on the platform, you know, some guys on the platform last year's meeting. He was one of them. So he came again this year. And um, so they've been telling me his testimony that the guy has been doing some great things. So I asked him, I said, have you ever gotten some fear? He said, no. I said, I'd like to do it. He said, yes. So I was wondering, what great things are you doing if you're not getting put fear? He goes, amen. But yeah, he's been doing great things. Amen. So, <laughs> um, and I now look for people that were not filled with the Holy Spirit and I said, okay, come. And they were excited. There was a particular lady, you know, that has been hungry to receive the Holy Spirit. So when she heard I was coming for the meeting, she came with that expectation. So but in the morning and I now said, I won't be the one to lay hands on you. I want this guy to lay hands on you. She was just discouraged like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to receive. I said, don't worry yourself. Just close your eye. <laughs> and something will come upon you. So, I told him what to do. And we were all there. We saw the power of God move his hand. And the power of God came upon her. Literally. And he was shocked. She didn't plan to go down. (laughs) She just saw she was down. And when she opened her eyes, her mouth also opened and tongues came out. (laughs) We had a lady that came for that morning meeting. She had a problem with her throat as she entered the meeting. She just said, I'm healed. I can't, I can't explain it. I said, I'm not going to pray for the sick, but everybody under the sound of my voice, healing is happening now. And she got healed. Amen. So, of course, several others came for the night session, Saturday night. Did I say four meetings? Friday, Saturday, so yeah, four meetings, yeah. Saturday night, that is the night of impartation, of demonstrations. That's what we have on Monday nights. But we start tonight. Amen. <laughs> we start tonight. So, Saturday night, I came and I said, well, we had a wonderful session in the morning, so in the evening I won't talk. We'll just do. Amen. So, we came in and the power of God came upon us. There was a, a, a group of people sitting in front. And um, they started laughing, you know. So I said, why are you laughing? And the other one turned to the other and said, I don't know. And the other one started laughing. And the other one started laughing. And the other one started laughing. And I said, I don't want to laugh. But I don't know why I'm laughing. Now, these are Americans. You understand that? And they were laughing. And I said, that's the first wave. Amen. We had the first wave. 
And we had, the power of God so visited us. When they were sharing their testimonies on Sunday, what really, really got me impressed was they, they were using the language. One of them said, it was in the first wave, it happened to me. The other one said, it was in the second wave, it happened to me. <laughs> and, they were, and they were talking like that. You know, and the power of God visited us mightily. 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 A fellow that got filled with the Holy Spirit in the morning on Saturday, he came in the evening. I didn't even know what was happening with him. But the power of God came upon him, you know, and he was under the power. We had closed. And um, they didn't know what to do with him because we had closed. So I was just laughing at how he was just gone. You know, so I said, no, I need to take a picture of this one. So that's about the only one. I took the picture and I posted it, you know. I, said, I posted it. Now, finally, when he got around, he said he has, he's flat-footed. Flat-footed. So he can't play basketball. He has pain standing for long and so on and so forth. You know what it means to be flat-footed? No, your, your feet has an arc like that. It's not, you know. Do you know in the meeting the power of God came upon him? He noticed that the power of God came upon his leg and straightened it. That was what happened to him. I, I showed you the picture. Some of you saw the picture. That's what happened to him. So on Sunday, he came and shared the testimony. We were all looking at him. That's what God did. Amen. Now, these are sites, several other miracles and testimonies that happened. Tonight, the Spirit of God will come upon you as you listen, as you receive. Amen. Amen. And I was happy that uh, we had a wonderful time. So on Sunday morning, I came for the service, um, Sunday service in Norfolk. So when I arrived, and I saw, I even saw more people, and I saw pe- people that I didn't see on Friday night, I didn't see on Saturday morning. I didn't see. So I asked the pastor, I said, who are all these people? He said, these are church members that missed the program. I said, ah. He said, this, there are these ones that come for only Sunday service. So, even if uh, program they, 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 they won't come, but they came for Sunday service. So, when I came up, I said, today, this morning, I want to behave myself. I just want to talk, you know. They said, say, no, 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 no. So, I said, okay, those of you that did not partake, let's see what will happen. But let me talk. And the AC in the, um, in the hall we use, we use a different, where they normally have Sunday service, a different hall from where we had the program. So, um, that particular hall, the maintenance people work Monday to Friday. They don't work weekends. So, on Friday, they set the temperature for the hall and gone. And when they set the temperature, the weather was hot. Now, on Sunday morning, the weather was cold. And the temperature was still the same. So, when I came into the place, I said, ah, what happened here? <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> it was cold, you know. So, um, all through from the beginning of the meeting to the end of the service, I have to be praised the Lord. So, you know, that's how I was preaching, you understand? You know, to keep warm, you understand? And I was wearing a suit, you understand? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. I said, Pastor, what? in short, there's nothing we can do about this thing. He said, there's nothing we can do about this thing. That's how I preached. And, oh, glory to God. The same things that happened on Friday, Saturday morning, Saturday evening happened again on Sunday morning. Amen. I say, half of the people that were in that hall were in tears. Amen. 
throughout the meeting. Glory to God. I said half. Just to be moderate. They were more than that. Amen. They were in tears throughout the meeting. As words were spoken. And one thing I know. And I can tell you authoritatively. Is that the word of God is the same everywhere. In every nation. Around the world. Is the same thing. The same way. The Spirit of God reaches out to people. Is the same way it reaches out to people anywhere in the world. I've been to places where they didn't believe in what we were doing. But they believed. <laughs> Praise God. There are people that were in that meeting that have never been under the power. Never. And that was their first experience. First experience. So are you ready tonight? Are you sure you're ready tonight? Receive me as God's gift to you tonight. I said receive me as God's gift to you tonight. The Holy Ghost is a space filler. He will fill the space that you give Him. I don't know how much space you will give Him tonight. But He will fill as much space as you give Him. Tap your neighbor and say give Him space. Give Him room. Give Him space. Give him room. Amen. And let him feel the space that you will give to him. Create more space. Maybe you came with some little space. Just within, before I start going further, just create more space. Amen. Create more space. Create more space. Create more space. There are short things that will happen to us tonight. Tomorrow morning. And tomorrow evening, sure, sure things. I come with a heavy word today. I come with a heavy word. And I come with the strength of the Spirit. And I believe that there are certain things that it is this meeting that will bring the interpretation of those things to your heart. Certain things. So are you ready? Just pray in tongues for a minute or two. Amen. And let's get into this thing. Just pray in tongues for a minute or two. What the tongues helps you do is to create more space. To create more space. That's what the tongues helps you do. Rando zoto. Zite plende. Zita ladeske. Moloske protoso lida basha lete li rida danda morundo bregedindo losko preti lata leske protoso ligadende riso randa blando soli brando soprende eklete zeze malanda brando la bosso bregadia talabalo bosso bregadia talia patoso la mande el brondo bresso bregadi talida bosso bregadia la bande le bosso bregadi rada zezeze zuto libaranda balagodoso mende brondo zuta la banda le bosso bregadia Manda la bando, zoto lide deske, rando zute lise zizo zozo, rando zute pratoso, lide giske, marron bregadi, talusco protoso, la pata la dande, legedende, randa blando zuto zolo zozo, rando zole brondo bregadia, randa blande zede zize zozo, lide de, rando zoto, lebrando la bosso bregadia, 
Lindo Bruno Zuzo Broso Loro Zoso Randa Barabasha Labarasha Lindo Bruno Bregre Zoro Zuzo Zoso Rababasha Lerezo Brodoso Legerondo Bregria Lascia Pratoso Manda la banda Broso Pretese Brogoroso Bregria Lala Gizi Mende Zide Redese Redese Zoso Rapata Late Letese Rende Grese Pratoso Bregria Manda la banda bosso brigadia. Our generation shall praise your name. Our generation shall praise your name. Our generation shall praise.
soli kapate lite mando soli mengle no zute lire vozuja le crendo zoprata lekeria marono bliketiche mingle no zonta lesha merino zoso of your ministry. This generation will praise the name of the Lord. Colossians chapter 4 verse 17. Thank you. Today I want to talk to you about what I've titled the core of ministry. I don't want to educate your mind about the core of ministry. I want to bring you into the core of ministry. By the anointing of the Spirit of God. To bring you into the core of ministry. Paul was writing in Colossians 4.17. And then he said, and say to Archippus. That means the message was for Archippus. So he said, say to Archippus. And I believe today he's saying to somebody, Amen. Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfillest. Amen. Perhaps there was something about Archippus Obviously he was in ministry, but Paul was giving a specific instruction. He said, say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you fulfill it. I hear a lot of people want to serve God. And it's such a good thing, an honorable thing for you to want to serve God. But he did not tell Archippus to take heed to a ministry. He said, he said, no, the ministry. There is the ministry you received in the Lord. Ministry is received. Ministry is received. He didn't say just look around and see a need and feel it. No. He didn't say just look around and pay attention to any ministry you like. He said, take heed to the ministry which you received in the Lord. In John chapter 3 verse 27. 
John the Baptist was speaking because of what they told him about the reports of what's happening in the ministry of Jesus. He said, look, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. When we were to start the school of ministry, it was given from heaven. A man can receive nothing except what? It is given from where? From heaven. So, when Paul was right to say, say to Archippus that there is the ministry you receive from heaven. Take heed to that one. We cannot talk about paying attention if you don't even know the ministry you received. Ministry is received. Don't be confused. When you study the book of First Timothy, you see Paul writing, and then he spoke to, he wrote to Timothy. Then he said, He that desires the office of a bishop desires a good work. That's not calling he's talking about. It's an office. A responsibility. The same way someone can be in charge and say, I would like to be the, in charge of the music, um, technical equipment. You can desire that. I would like to be in charge of the children church. You can desire that. But when you talk about ministry, amen, it has to be received. It's not that it's desired. Amen. We don't choose callings. Callings choose us. That's why the Bible said in Romans 11.29, it said the gifts and calling of God is without repentance. When it came to gifts, it was plural. When it came to calling, it was singular. Calling without repentance. It means it's irrevocable. God doesn't change his mind about it. There's a calling upon your life. But you have to know what you received. Paul knew what he received. In Acts 20 verse 24, uh, Paul was speaking. He said, look, look, there's only one thing I'm concerned about. To finish the means which I've received the Lord. Amen. To fulfill it. To finish it. To finish it. What I received in the Lord. Give me Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And what? Did he say a ministry? The ministry. The ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. To testify the gospel of the grace of God. The ministry which I received. The same Paul was saying to Archippus, Hey, pay attention, take heed to the ministry which you received. Why sometimes we spend time in prayer is to know what we have received. To understand what we received. To understand what was given to us. You cannot run with what you don't have. But the one he gave to you is good enough. Paul said, I magnify my office. You are the one that will magnify your office. Every calling is a high calling. It's a career that determines how high it is. So he said, take heed to the ministry which I have received, Lord, that you fulfill it. So, what I can fulfill is what I receive from the Lord. 
I cannot fulfill what I did not receive. Amen. <laughs> Even if I take it, if I did not receive it, I can't fulfill it. Ministry is not gathering three people or five people and having a name. That's not what ministry is. Amen. The ministry means is a definite ministry. Definite. Maybe I should just give some background information here that will help everyone. Most of the time when we talk about ministry, remember that whenever we talk about ministry, we, there's a sense in which every believer is a minister. How many of you agree with me? There's a sense in which every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister in the sense that we are serving sons. Amen. When we are called into Christ, we have a responsibility in the kingdom. So we are all serving sons. So in that sense, everybody is what? Is a minister. Permit me to just read out something to you. Hallelujah. I was thinking about what happened with Paul and how he got into the fullness of what God had for him. If you remember Paul's story, a time came, I believe it was Acts 12, where the Bible said, in the company of the prophets, they said, now separate unto me. Huh? Saul and Barnabas, unto the walk whereunto I have what? Called them. That means they were called before. But that was the day they were separated to it. Is that not so? That day was not the day they were called. But you find that, but Paul or Saul had been serving the Lord before that time. He had been doing ministry. So what was he doing before then? And what was he being separated unto? We'll talk about that in the morning. Amen. Sorry, Acts 13, not 12. Now, when we talk about ministry, every believer, in a sense, is a minister. But some people behave like, because every believer is a minister, it means that every believer is called into the fivefold offices. No. Every believer is not called to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. But every believer has a calling. Just to help everyone. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Now, there are general ministries that all believers are called to. All of us as believers are called to worship. Amen? Worship is a ministry every believer is called into. So, they are worshiping church. Say, no, me, I'm not called into worshiping. I only pray. No, all of us are called to worship. All of us are called to pray. All of us are called to give. All of us are called to evangelize. All of us are called to disciple other believers. Those are general callings. 
at the same time, there are specific callings. And so here, I'm talking about specific callings. So when I use the term ministry, in a general way, I'm talking about specific callings. I'm not just talking about ministry the way, you know. So, I can continue since you have understood that. All of us are not called to do the same thing. But all of us are called. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. These things I'm repeating are the foundation of everything I'm going to say. Because we'll soon take off faster now. Now, in the Old Testament and in the New, remember that the Old Testament is a shadow or a type of the New. We know that the new is the revelation that the old was hiding. Amen. You know that? Okay. In the Old Testament, you will find that when you talk about ministry, service to God, there were three categories of people that God put His anointing on. Hello? In the New Testament, there is no categorization. Everyone that is born again, the Spirit is supposed to be upon them. Amen. That's what Joel was prophesying in Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit, not only on these three categories of people, but upon all flesh. But remember, that whether it was old or new, the Spirit had to come upon Hello? Whether it was old or new, the Spirit had to come upon. There was no ministry without the Spirit. We go back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we find that these three categories are either, you have to be either a priest, a prophet, or a king. Alright? So, if you didn't function in any of these offices, you didn't have any right to have the Spirit of God upon you. You either were a priest, a prophet, or a king. Now, those offices were what you might call the ministries of the Old Testament. But remember, they are not actually supposed to be three. They were supposed to be two. The office of the king was created by the desire of the Israelites. It was not God's original plan. I hope you know that. The Israelites said, we want a king like other nations. God said, okay, uh, am I not a better king for you? They said, no, we want a king. We want to be like others. Say, okay, give them a king. So, in God's original plan, having a king was not what he wanted for the children of Israel. I hope you know that. That means ministry has two streams originally. The priest and the prophets. Hello? The priest and the prophets. You see, in Acts 3, verse 25, there's something that the scripture was dealing with. And um, it was dealing with are you there? Paul um, 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 the, the, uh, Peter was speaking and then he said ye are the children of the prophets. He's talking to the Jewish people. He says, and of the covenants. 
which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. He referred to them, he said, the language actually should be, you are offsprings, you are products of the covenant, and you are products of the prophetic. Amen. That means that the summary of who you are is covenant and the prophetic. In the New Testament, it's the same. But where people get confused about it, this is very important, because if you don't get this, you will not ever see the true light of what the core of ministry is. So in the Old Testament, you have those two streams. The prophet and the priest. In the New Testament, we still have a prophet. I hope you know that. But let me make you understand what the prophetic office really is. The first individual that was mentioned or referred to as a prophet was Abraham. Genesis 27. And the word that the Hebrew used to interpret who a prophet is, later in the Old Testament, they still referred to the prophet as a seer. But originally, a prophet was referred to, the English word that would describe it is an inspired one. A prophet is an inspired one. An inspired one. Inspired to speak for God. And the Bible says, Abraham was a prophet. God was the one that introduced him, said he was a prophet. Now, we can't say Abraham was the first person that might have functioned as a prophet, but he was the first the Bible mentioned. Why do we say so? Because when God told Abimelech he is a prophet, Abimelech knew what a prophet was. He didn't say what is a prophet. He knew what a prophet was. When you study for that, Jesus in the book of Luke referred to Abel also as a prophet. Prophets have always been around. And they will always be around. But you know what happens? Even people in their generation did not see them. Sometimes. Did not recognize them. And you know what Jesus said about that in the New Testament? He said, a prophet is not without honor. Except in his own country. And amongst his kinsmen. So in the Old Testament you have the priests and the prophets. The priesthood of the Old Testament has been abolished. And all of us now have become priests unto the Lord. I hope you know that. You are a royal priesthood. You know that. Okay. But at the same time, the office of the high priest, Jesus is our high priest. You know that. But now, in the Old Testament, that prophet, that one that stood in the office of the prophet, is what you have in the New Testament as the fivefold ministries. Amen. Are you with me? In helping people understand it, I explained it this way. If you look closely at all the prophets of the Old Testament, all of them, some of them were apostolic. Some of them were prophetic. Some of them were evangelistic. Some of them were pastoral. Some of them were teaching prophets. So you see the apostolic, all of them were inside of it, but they were all called prophets. Noah was sent to Nineveh. That is evangelism. Amen. Hello? 
So you could rightly say that in the Old Testament, some of the prophets were apostolic prophets. Some of them were prophetic prophets. Some of them were evangelistic prophets. Amen. In the New Testament, it's the reverse. Every apostle is a prophetic apostle. Is a pro- Are you understanding me? A pastor is a prof- is, is prophetic. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand. Don't get it confused. I'm just trying to explain to you how that stream the prophetic in the Old Testament, is still very, very evident in the New. No prophet of old woke up one morning and became a prophet. He had to receive it from heaven. Now, there are people that liked prophetic things. (laughs) How do you know? Because they had school of the prophets. Sons of the prophets. And they attended those meetings. But you will never see, really, read the scriptures, anyone that was one of the sons of the prophet that wrote any of the books. It's not by joining the school of prophets. It's by the election of grace. Hallelujah. Okay, so in the Old Testament you have those streams of ministry. Those two streams. And it's important you know that we still have that today. Amen. It's important you know that. Glory to Jesus. That we still have that today. If you, as a believer, and there's a call of God upon your life, you could serve God all your life and still not hit the call. How do we know? A man called Kenneth E. Hagin, great man of God. Great man of God. He passed off for over 10 years. It was after that that he was praying one day and Jesus told him, now you are entering the first phase. The first phase of your ministry. That means it's now you are entering the call. Amen. Were people not blessed? They were blessed. The people were passed away, they not blessed. They were blessed. Those who thought they were, did they not hear? They heard. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Ministry is not English. It's not an education. You are not educated to do it. It's not a technique that you acquire. Or a skill. No. Ministry is more than that. Are you understanding me? It's more than that. So, we have to go into the New Testament to see what ministry is. There are some powerful statements Paul made that every child of God, every minister of the gospel should carry on their hearts every day. I've been doing ministry for a while. I was sharing with them in church, I think I shared that today again. I was talking about how 
Several years back, you know, we used to do a lot of things, go out, preach the gospel. I, you know, I said, every believer should see the sick healed. That you have seen sick people healed in your life doesn't mean you are called into a healing ministry. Amen? No. That you understand some scriptures doesn't mean you are a teacher of the word of God. That when you counsel people, they can, doesn't necessarily mean you are, you are a pastor. No. You have to get that very clear. Every believer is supposed to have signs in his life. Signs and wonders or signs are not for people that are in the fivefold ministries. They are for believers. But the difference is that those that are called in the fivefold, there is a dimension that the signs flowing. Amen. Because of a special gift or grace that has been released to them for them, um, for them to do their work. But every believer should have signs. And I always love it when believers have signs even before they find out that they have a calling. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I was sharing with them how uh, you know, we, we, we're going around, doing things, getting people healed, goes, getting people healed, doing all of that, just serving the Lord in our own capacity. I was already involved in, uh, in ministry, but I knew in my heart that there was something more, and that's what I'm pushing you into this meeting, this particular edition. There's something more, there's something more, there's something more, there's something more, there's something more. So I took out some time to fast and pray, and I was praying, but on a particular day, because we had a meeting, um, the date was April 3rd, 1998, and we were preparing for that meeting. You know, and um, I was praying, preparing for the meeting. And I was pressing in for that thing that is more. For that thing that is more. What I'm sharing with you today is as a result of that experience. Amen. While I was praying and praying, the only way I can describe the prayer experience was that I was looking for something with my foot and saying, there's something, there's something more. Then I got to a point and in my flesh, I said, I've been here long. If there was something more, I would have seen it. What I have is all. Let me go back. But a nudge in my heart. Go a little further. Some of you hear that word today. You that have that push in your heart. Say, just go a little further. Just go a little further. So, I'm like, eh, okay. And I'm praying, but the illustration of what I was doing is what, what I'm making this. I was putting my foot checking and I fell into something. The only way I can describe it is a river of power. When I fell into it, what came out of my mouth, not what I planned to say. All I was shouting was, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. All the scriptures I ever had read in my life, they all came together. And they were clear. At the same time, this is it. I didn't tell anybody what happened to me. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't discuss with anybody. I just came for the meeting. And everybody started asking, what happened to you? That's what will happen to you. That's what will happen to you. There are dimensions in God. I said there are dimensions in God. I said there are dimensions in God. Dimensions in God. 
So, Paul began to explain what this true core of ministry is. Can we get into that? Alright? What this core of ministry is? Is ministry just having a portfolio and having the name of a ministry? What is the, what is this core of ministry? I love 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. I'll pick one verse of scripture for 2 Corinthians 2 and then we'll run into chapter 3. Paul says something in verse 14. He says, Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the servo of his knowledge by us in every place. That's ministry. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the fragrance of His knowledge by us in every place. That is ministry. There is a prophecy in Habakkuk 2, verse 14, that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Now, Paul was saying that God makes manifest the fragrance of His knowledge by us. By us in every place. He said, we are a savour, a sweet savour unto God. A sweet savour to them that are saved and even them that are perishing. At the point he said, an aroma of death to those that are dead. That means that when we show up, those that rejected the gospel, they are condemned because they rejected what we came with. Hallelujah. But now that's not my area of focus. I want to go to 7 Corinthians 3. At the point, let me read verse 5 first, then we'll start, go back to 1. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5, there was something powerful he said. He said, um, give me, let, let me start from 4. Thank you. And such trust have we through Christ to God's word. 5, then we'll get to 6. Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to take any of ourselves, but our sufficient is of God. Who also had made us. What? Can we read it together? I want to go. Who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament. One more time. Who also had made us The letter killeth, but the spirit what? Giveth life. Hallelujah. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth what? Life. So we are able ministers of the New Testament. Is that so? You already agree with that. Sometimes we we'll read the scripture and they think, they say, is he every believer or is he Paul was talking about himself?
But we are not ministers of the letter. We are ministers of the Spirit. Hallelujah. He said, for the Spirit giveth life. We are not ministers of the written code. We are ministers of the substance. What it means is that we are not dispensers of what rules and regulations. We are dispensers of life. Of what? Life. From Genesis chapter 1, the first person of the Godhead that was revealed, because Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, Elohim. Elohim is plural for God, so we don't know, you know, it's plural for God. Alright? Then it says, and the Spirit of God. So the first person that was revealed was what? The Spirit of God. Move upon the face of the deep, or the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, it means that when the Bible talks about that we are ministers, not of the letter, but of the spirits. We should look into that more. Moses, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll gather everything, you'll get it. Moses met with God. And you know what God did to him? God gave him a tablet of stone with inscriptions that God wrote by himself. What 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 is saying is that if Moses came down with stones and yet the glory of God was upon him and such that even the children of Israel could not look at Moses' face, how much more shall this ministry you and I receive be more glorious? Moses took the tablet of stone. God inscribed on it. You know, he went there. He did that two times. I hope you know that. He broke the first one. That first one, the Bible said it was even God that cut out the stone for him. The second one, he told Moses to cut out the stone. Then he wrote on it. Now, when he came down with that stone, he broke it. Watch. He broke it. But the glory was still upon him. That means that the main thing was not what was written was what was transmitted to Moses. We're getting close. So, Moses met the people. It's not that he even started reading what was written. But the effect of being in the presence of God, something had transmitted to Moses. Nobody told us what came upon Moses. Why was his face shining? He had something in his hand. We didn't, they didn't say the thing was holding was shining. They say his face was shining. It's not the stone that was shining. It was his face that was shining. The stone was broken. But the face was shining. We didn't know what it was until Moses met Joshua. Then the Bible says, the spirit of wisdom was upon Joshua because 
Moses had laid his hand. So who laid hands on Moses? <laughs> Amen. Because Moses had laid his hands on Joshua. This happened in Deuteronomy. In the book of Joshua, the book starts in a way that, in, in my opinion, could be a bit deceptive because it could confuse somebody. The book started by be strong and be courageous. Is that you fulfill me? Say that way. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm standing in there. Suddenly, I'm going to make it. Yeah. But that's not the success, the secret of his success. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That means now Joshua had the book of the law. Amen. Are you understanding me? Joshua had what? The book of the law. He had the book of the law. He had the book of the law. So this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate in it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and have good success. Okay. He succeeded. But listen to me. The book of the law was not the secret to his success. The experience is what makes the book of the law effective in his life. The experience of Moses laying hands on him. Are we together? Listen, this is the reason why Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.13 Let me just pay myself a little. said, we having the same, that same from Jesus till date is that same spirit that is transferred from generation to generation. That same spirit that in the beginning, amen, moved upon the face of the waters. He is ministry, amen. In, in, we say 2 Corinthians 3. Paul saying, he said, look, look, look. Do we begin again, for, for verse 1, do we begin again to commend ourselves? What he meant by commend is like approve. He said, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we have some other, some epistle of commendation from you, or letter of commendation to you? He said, look, you are our epistle, written and known and read of all men. You are epistle in our hearts, read and known of all men. That means that we don't need any approver. You are the approver that God sent us. You are our credential. What is happening in your life is a proof that God sent us. But the next few verses, Paul now entered a depth. Give me verse 3. It says, for as much as you are manifestly declared to be epistles of Christ. Now, he's calling people epistles of Christ. He said, but you were, not, you were ministered not with ink. How were you written out? How was your destiny written out? By the Spirit of the living God. Not with ink. And this writing is not on tables of stone but in fleshly tables of the heart. What he's saying in essence is this. That the ministry of the believer is the ministry of the Spirit. The core of ministry is transmitting God to people. Is the Spirit within you release upon people's life. It's not what you... Now, what words do is to carry the spirits. Amen. Are you understanding me? The whole book of Romans 
establishes two spiritual laws. That's the reason for the book of Romans. And he started expounding on them. The first is the law of faith. The second is the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 3 talked about the law of faith. Romans 8 talked about the spirit of life, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What is he talking about? The law of faith is the fact that what faith, um, when we talk about law of faith, we're talking about the governing principle of faith. Is that for a man to be justified, he has to have faith, believe, trust in what Jesus has done. That is not negotiable. Everything begins with our faith in the finished works of Christ. Hebrews, Habakkuk 2.4 established that. He said, Behold, his soul that is lifted up shall not be upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And Paul kept establishing that. So there is the law of faith. Every man that receives the word of God has to respond in faith before anything about God's word begins, becomes effective in his life. But now, some people have learned the law of faith. But they have not embraced the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? The law, when the Bible talks about the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, understand something. Jesus Christ made a statement, or rather in 1 Corinthians 15 made a statement. He said, Adam was a living soul. But Jesus was a life-giving spirit. He was what? A life-giving spirit. So when the Bible talks about the law of spirit of life, it's talking about the law of the, spirit, the life-giving spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. He's a life-giving spirit. So when we, when we, when we, 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 we do ministry, we are transmitting the spirits. Amen. <laughs> it's not education. It's not education. In Acts chapter 4, they met Peter and John. The Bible says that when they saw Peter and John, the boldness in which they spoke, considering that they were unlearned men, they knew this was no education. They had the confidence education gave. He said, these ones have been with Jesus. What happened? He had transmitted that same spirit into them. Something that was now working them. Amen. I said something was working them. You watch movies like Matrix where a guy will go into the, the computer world and then they want him to be a fighter. They download martial arts into him. This Holy Ghost, all the applications for success are within him. Through our words, when we pastor people, we transfer spirits to them. Someone can wake up tomorrow and do something that he never would have been able to do before. If you understand the ministry of the spirits, First Corinthians 12, 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit. You know, we call it gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of word of knowledge. The gifts of word of wisdom. The gifts of... Those are special abilities. Everybody says special abilities. The Bible says that... It, it, the reason why theologians called it the gifts of the Spirit is because of Romans 12. When Romans 12 talked about it, it said, And the gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. That's why it's called gifts of the Spirit. But when Paul was writing about it in First Corinthians 12, he didn't call it gifts. He said, Now... The manifestation of the Spirit, called the manifestations, displays. These are the many ways the Spirit displays Himself. Are you understanding me? The displays of the spirits. For the one is giving the word of wisdom. For the one, are you understanding me? It's a display of the spirits. 
That means that we as ministers, what happens to us first is that we have received the spirits. And then we are allowing our lives, hallelujah, unleash what we have received upon others. The issue is this. Every individual, there's a signature of how his own release of the Spirit is. Are you understanding me? Ministry is not talking. is releasing the Spirit. But one way God conveys His Spirit is through words. John 3.34 for he whom God sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He has to give him the Spirit. And the Spirit is conveyed, hallelujah, through the words that God gave him to speak. Are you understanding me? For he whom God has sent, he whom God has sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. If you read your Bible very well, you will find that the summary of it is the Word and the Spirit. Huh? Ever say Word of God? Say Spirit of God. The Spirit of God inhabits the Word. Amen. So that when the Word is released, He can travel with it into somebody's life. Amen. Are you understanding me? So it calls it the Word of God. The Spirit of God. It's also called the Word of Faith. The spirit of faith. The word of truth. The spirit of truth. The word of grace. The spirit of grace. Are you understanding me? The point is this. That the substance that is conveyed is the spirit. The avenue through which it is conveyed is the word. The word is the vehicle. The spirit is the main thing that is being transmitted. The reason why a man gets born again is that the spirit is transmitted into him. A portion of God's life comes into his heart. Hallelujah. He becomes born again. <laughs> the life of God is imparted to him. That's what happens to him. That life-giving spirit that brings healing to people's bodies as you're speaking is the spirit transmitted. Paul said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So through those words, that spirit of Christ, you say again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Then the Bible talks about, he that has not the spirit of Christ. Amen. So you say, word again and spirit. Amen. He that has not the spirit of Christ is none of his. Now, I'm standing here. What I'm doing to you, is that I'm releasing spirit to you. But how it is happening is through what you are hearing. It's through what you are hearing. So you didn't come for, this is not education, this is not education. I'm speaking to your spirits. And something is rubbing off on you. Amen. Something is being imparted to you. God is coming into you. Amen. Whatever attribute of God I am exalting, manifesting you. If I'm talking about the miracle working power of God, the spirit of that comes into you. 
<laughs> I have a message I preached some time ago on Holy Ghost possession. I actually first preached it in, 19, in 2001. July 14th, 2001. And I was explaining that there is a difference between being drunk and being possessed. There are two different things. A man is mad on the road. Did they teach him madness? No, a madman is taking off his place. Just up here. Is it? Did they sit him down and say, now for you to be mad, you take three steps like this, you stagger like that. Did they teach him how to be mad? Did they tell him what to do? There is an influence upon him that he cannot explain. Are you understanding me? He can tell him now, run! He will start running, he will start running, he will start running. And there will be unusual strength to run. He is not educated in madness. He is under an influence. Listen, if you are a child of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, you are not educated in spiritual things. You are under the influence of a spirit. The Holy Spirit. That understanding will change how you do ministry. Thank God for drunkenness. I am possessed. I am not drunk. A drunk man, the difference between a drunk man and a possessed man is that no matter how drunk a man is, he does not, drunkenness does not give him supernatural abilities. Amen? No, he doesn't. Does it? He will do the limits of what his body can do. Are you understanding me? But a, a madman can do something that a human being cannot do. Are you understanding? Some of you watch all those um, vampire films where somebody will jump on a building. He will jump on a building. Nobody can jump that height. There is a demon in, you know, witchcraft, demon inside him, giving him ability to take off. No matter how drunk you are, you cannot jump that height. Are you understanding me? So the influence of a substance like drink is different from the influence of a spirit. The day you receive the Holy Ghost, he got possessed. That's what happened. You got the Holy Ghost wore you. You know how it's always the Holy Ghost wore you. What is inside is Holy Ghost. What they see is Pastor. You didn't get me. What is inside that? Is Holy Ghost. The very Holy Ghost that created the heavens and the earth is what is wearing that person. Are you understanding me? What they are seeing is a man. But what is inside is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> when you understand that, when you understand that, ministry becomes different. So, somebody that is in witchcraft can Bewitch another person. What do you call that? Initiate. Good. That Holy Ghost in you, through your eyes, you can. Because He is in your eyes. Are you understanding? Sometimes you use words to communicate. Everything that's coming out of you is spirits. 
Jesus said in John 6.63, the words that I speak to you, <laughs> he said they are spirits. They are spirit and what? Life. The words that I speak, they are what? Spirit and life. A human being is sand and water. I'll describe it the way uh, Jinnik said one time. He said 16 buckets of sand and one, 16 buckets of water and one bucket of sand. That's a human being. You don't mix it much. But the substance of the spirit is spirit, heavenly materiality. That's what dwells in this bucket of sand and water. Amen. That the excellency of the power may be of God. That's why Bible says we have this treasure hey, in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That believer you see walking on the road, that pastor is possessed. He's possessed with God. Man of God. I want to announce to you, we are God men. Amen. <laughs> we are God men. There's nothing ordinary about us. Okay, I will just let me so we could continue that tomorrow morning. Now, Second Corinthians three was not explaining that Moses took that inscription and went and met the people, and his face was shining. What was transmitted to Moses was not a writing; it was a spirit. In the New Testament. God has written again. But he didn't write on stone. He wrote inside your heart. If what was written on stone had so much glory, how much more what was inscribed on your heart? The ministry of Christianity is the ministry of the spirits. We are dispensers of the spirits. Is spiritual dispensing. Paul was, I think it was in Galatians 3, Paul said, verse 5 or there about, Paul said, He that ministered to you the spirits and worketh miracles amongst you, doeth he it by faith or by the working of the law? By the working of the law or the hearing of faith. He said, He that what ministered the spirits. Who is he that ministered the Spirit? The man of God. Amen. So, look at him and say, I minister the spirits Through words. I minister the spirits Through words. We might be doing Bible study, but I'm ministering. Listen to me. The things I'm doing, what I'm doing in that Bible study is that I'm ministering spirits. I'm not telling you, see, eh, for you to walk in love, keep your face like this, we will make you verse, turn your face this way, it's not technique. The spirit of love. Mm, amen. Through the words. 
you become love. You become patience. Not you are doing patient things. No. This is not character modification. It's life transformation. Why we must preach the gospel is that that's how the spirit is conveyed. He confirms that word. He inhabits that word. Are we together? You know, as I've been talking now, I, I can just stop now and put my hand on you and all of God's power will come upon you now. Because I want to. Are you understanding me? No, no, not because the Spirit of God told me to. Because I want to. That's how tangible it is. <laughs> Glory to God. Every day you do ministry. We are not building an organization. Don't, no, no, no. We are not building an organization. The things we do, whether you set up a Bible school, whether you have a church building, whether you have, let me tell you what they are. They are all channels through which the spirits can be conveyed to people. So, what we are doing in ministry is creating channels to transmit the spirits. So, I transmit the spirit through magazines. So, when they open it, some people have not, some people have not read it. The spirit has come upon them. Why? The thing is not the booklet. It's that we, we are looking for vain avenues to convey. On television, what we are doing is conveying the spirits. A lady, she comes to school of ministry. She's not here now. She comes to school of ministry. She watched on some TV. As she came out from her living room, uh, her bathroom to the living room, I was preaching on TV. She fell under the power. I said, who is this person? What was that? That's the spirits. That's the spirit. It was because of the spirit coming upon her that she now wanted to hear my words. Amen. A pastor in the denominational church got a hold of our magazine in 2001. He read it, God filled. Gave it to his friend, his friend read it, God filled the Holy Ghost. I was not there. What was it? The spirit was conveyed through that material. Fresh manner, that was the title, fresh manner. He read it, power God came upon him, he got filled the Holy Ghost. So, what we now do in ministry is to create avenues, channels for transmitting the spirits. Your, your social media or online platform becomes an avenue to convey the spirits. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Bishop David Rickball, 1999. Uh, 98, I was there in 99. 98, they were laying foundation for Shiloh. Um, well, not Shiloh now. Tab the faith tabernacle. The 50,000 seater then. When they were laying the foundation, you know what they did? He took a book. So, I told the title now. You shall not be barren. That shall not be barren. And called all the women that have not had children. And he gave them the book. 
and he said, come for baby dedication on the day we are launching, we are opening this place, one year from now. That's your date. For, he gave them a date for baby dedication. There were about 300 women. I was there in 99. When they called for dedication, over 300 women came out. Some were with twins. Now let me explain something to you. When you say, okay, they read it and practiced. No, 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 no. They practiced what he said in the book. <laughs> you, you, you don't know Jesus. <laughs> you need to be born again, again. Amen. Amen. People of God, some of the people did not read the book. They collected the book. The spirit was transferred. And they conceived. Which book did Mary read? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Which book did she read? How shall these things be? What did the Holy Ghost tell her? What did the angel tell her? He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Which book did she read? Seven steps on conceiving without a man. No, 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 no. She didn't read any book. There was a transfer of the Spirit. That Spirit is the creator of all things. When He comes upon you, He can create anything that was absent in your life. The day that Spirit comes upon you, you are complete. Through the words you speak, you create what you want to see. But that Spirit is the creator of all things. What, what did they teach her? Nothing. He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Which school did Samson go to? Is it that Samson was doing weightlifting from when he was a child? When he became a man, he had muscle. No, no, answer. Samson was doing weightlifting. He was doing working out all his life. Then he became so strong. Is that what happened? When they saw Samson, there was nothing. Why were they asking him, where lies your great strength? Why were they asking that question? Because you look at him, no muscle. He looks like a regular guy. Are you understanding me? Regular guy. When it's time for action, you will see, you will see, zoom, <laughs> zoom. You understand that? And say, ah, how? With a jawbone of a, a, a donkey. He slew, I, I prefer using the word donkey. His jawbone of a donkey, amen. He slew a thousand men, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? He slew a thousand men. Jawbone of a donkey. They were coming. They will come. Hundred will come. He will swing his arm. Zoom, zoom, zoom. They are down. Stand again. Zoom. They are down. The speed at which he was moving and doing the things he was doing, nobody could explain it. It was a supernatural. He was possessed. I said something was possessed. Something was stolen one day. People were laying ambush for him to carry him. Say, ah, where's kidnapping? We're kidnapping, arrest him. Samson was just throwing. He didn't want to put a lay ambush. We were just rolling. Just walking on the road, walking on the road. He just saw a gate. He just felt like taking it. He just stood the gates. Removed the city gates. Carried down, jumping with Oh, glory, glory. The guys changed their minds. Amen. 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 I don't think we should go near there. Amen. Glory to God. That was something. It was the spirit that came upon him. Glory to God. Are you understanding me? He was not, you know, they didn't teach something as uh, okay, ways to pick heavy things in the light. No, 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 no. There was an ability upon him. The Bible said he shook himself and the Spirit of God would come upon him. And even one time they put some chains around him. They, they, they bound him. They said it melted like wax. 
That was the power that came upon him. That spirit is in you. That spirit is in you. That spirit is in you. It's at work in you. Glory to God. When you understand it, it changes everything. That when you are doing ministry now, you now know it's not about techniques. Paul understood that. That's why aprons and handkerchiefs from his body carried that same substance, spirit substance. That when those handkerchiefs got to sick people and possess people, the demons checked out. Paul understood that. Peter understood that. That he carried a force field of power around him. That when he walked, his shadow healed the sick. He understood that. Amen. He understood that. Listen to me. That power finds greater expression when you recognize it is there. And every day you do ministry, don't be conscious of, oh, um, you know, some people think is that I have to say the right things. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Just have the right intention. Amen. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You don't have to say the right things. Have the right intention. What do I mean by have the right intention? Someone was asking a question. Years ago I was ministering and someone said that. Um, why is it that cameramen when the, the program is holding, cameramen will be still filming when the power of God is in? I said, well, it depends. Cameramen here, the power of God comes upon them too. But God, the power of God follows the intention of the carrier. I might not want the cameraman to go down because I want people to see what happened in the meeting. But if I mean him, he's going down. I might, I might mean him tonight. Amen. Are you understanding me? Because it follows my intention. Are you understanding me? It follows my intention. Today, I got people, to, people got filled the Holy Ghost in church here today, in, in our second service, 21 of them. Now, when I wanted to lay hands on them, I intended that they should not receive a volume of power that would take them off their feet. That's what I intended. Because I didn't want the service to change. Amen. I just wanted to get them filled and I wanted us to pray. So I came down, the same way I lay hands on children. When I'm laying hands on a baby, I don't go full force. Amen. Gently. And I intend that it will be soft. It will land softly in the baby's spirit. It won't jolt him. So, it's the intention. So I'm laying hands on them, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Well, a few of them came under the power, you know. Receive the Holy Ghost. Maybe my mistake. You understand that? You know, but... You know, but the intention was to receive. And they, got, they received the Holy Spirit. Then there are times where I say, this one, mesmerize him, Lord. Amen. The intention is to bring you to that place where you'll be in a deep sleep. So that something will be taken out of you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So it follows the intention. Are you getting a picture? Pray in tongues for a moment. Je t'exige, Jésus. Réjouis, Jésus. 
Radus que prete ali teneboso. La chatal. Lesuto loso bregadia. La batis que lita paruia. La panda la basho te bron bregadia. Mon bregatalisque. Maranda catele bron bregadisco protoso. Ha ha ha, lebozutoso. Mendezise prodoso predisca. La patoso bregadia talasca pratese. Molondo brende prodoso toleso doso. Leske protoso lida bashataya. Now, in the next one minute, let the spiritual temperature increase. Print tongues. Now, in the next one minute, let the spiritual temperature in this place increase. Rende zoto, latali, menteli, apataya. Is done. Lasha, laja, redo, zoto, leze, zete, lita, rata, lete, zite, zite, bratoso. Manda la basha, tali, e boso pregadia. Mondo brenda, blondo pregadi. Latese, protoso pregadia, patoso. Latoso pretia, pataya. Now let me communicate to you by the Spirit. Right now in the name of Jesus, I begin to release fire. Moshe, Merishka, Pataya, fire. There's a burning sensation that will come upon you. There's a burning sensation that will come upon you as I'm speaking now. That's the fire of the Spirit. It will keep intensifying, 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 intensifying. That's the power of the Spirit. Lato, Kete, Rete, Barondo, Ziketa, Rata, Lepro, Soto, Sita, Rana, Londo, Bregadi, Taluske, Pete, Mente, Zuta, Rato, Sopra, Lesi, Kepe, Loto, Sopre, Tata, Haha, Lendeze, Marondo, Broto, Prete, Dadi, Mande, Proto, Sopre, Prato, Sopregadi, Panda, Pato, Sopregadi, Patosa, Rese, Prato, Sopreti, Linge, Zide, Zozo, Lebra, Zia, Mando, Zoprete, Sapu, Soprata, Lesita, Patoso, Lete, Sere, Haha, Rete se pretoso pretia, pande que te se des que tea, paranda vaso. There are three people. The fire is settling, it has settled on you. This is the call of ministry. This fire has come upon you. Every time you come to serve God, it will burn in your life. Three of you, wherever you are right now, right now the power of God locates you. Left and on my right, the power of God comes upon you now, 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 now. Take it in the name of Jesus. Take it in the name of Jesus. Take it in the name of Jesus. Fire. 
the power come upon you. Rede sete manto sata lata. Lese protoso letese pande ketese patusa lepo shoto sati mende kretoso lamanda askapata lepotoso prete patese lepotoso to letese pati pada ata patoso preteya la patoso preteya patoso leposo pregadia patoso. It's a burning. 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 Leske pratoso preteya. That fire. The word of God will come out of your life with fire. The word will be like fire from your mouth, like never before. Rese patoso pati lete seteya patoso rende zuzo. Ha ha. Le mondo bregadiska manto so le deresse. Le mondo bregadiska patoso lete sata. Le mondo bregadiska protoso lete lende zizza. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed. You can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the